Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by bet rivers sportsbook good saturday morning chicago welcome inside the clubhouse 670 the score at the hyundai score studios we are coming to you live i'm david haw along with bruce levine here until 11 o'clock talking baseball as we do every week and it is a beautiful day outside already if only the baseball were not so ugly bruce to talk about lately as our team's The Cubs and the White Sox have combined to lose nine combined games in a row. So, Bulls fans, if you're – Boo. Bruce, we're (laughs) supposed to be cheering up Bulls fans, turning away from that disaster last night at the United Center, but I don't know if we have any good news to bring them. It has been a very long week as far as baseball goes. Make it stop. How does it stop, Bruce? Good morning. Well, you know what? Good morning, David, and good morning to our our terrific – Listeners, people that listen all over the country to Inside the Clubhouse, we're with you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball from 9 to 11. And David, I, I don't know how you get it to stop, but uh, you know where where have all the offense gone? You know, for both teams, we know it's early. We know it's one team's played 13, uh, the White Sox. The Cubs have played 14. So we we, we don't want to get into that NFL mindset that uh, you know the season is over and. Uh, you know, there's nowhere to go. There's, there's plenty of room. Nobody's buried in baseball right now. But, uh, again, watching uh, the offenses uh, not click at this particular point in time, it's been a little difficult. And uh, we, we certainly uh, are going to talk to you about that as well as uh, set up the rest of the show for you because we're here till 11 o'clock. But, David, uh, from, from my perspective, um, it's watch what you wish for in Major League Baseball. So it's not just Chicago. It's not just the Cubs and the White Sox. Trade on the Cubs and Sox here. But it is a it's a combination of what's going on with uh, where Major League Baseball, Commissioner Rob Manfred, and uh, the owners want to go with offenses in baseball and whether or not uh, they are controlling 
the offenses of a lot of teams right now because of the fact that they're using things like humidors. They're using things like the, the uh, perspective right now is that uh, the baseballs aren't as lively as they were. Uh, I, I think it's too soon to tell, honestly, because there's been a lot of baseball in the med- Midwest, as we know here in Chicago so well. We love Chicago more than any place in the world, but you know we're looking for one day in a row, just like the Cubs and Sox are, of a nice, a nice day in Chicago. Yeah, we can look league wide at what's going on, and that is definitely interesting, big picture. But I think the small picture, when you zoom in, is is uh, is where I think the focus should be this week, and and I don't know why the Sox have stopped hitting or maybe never started. They haven't scored four runs, Bruce, in a game since April 13th. That was 10 days ago. And that could be our focus if only the defense weren't so bad and I think demanding more of our attention. This Sox team can't catch it and they can't throw it and they lead the majors with 16 errors. And that, to me, is a bigger problem. Maybe you disagree. Maybe that's the debate you don't want to have as a baseball fandom is which is worse, your offense or your defense when you're talking about 13 games into the season, let us know, 312-644-6767. While the Sox sit there 6-7, and seven, Bruce, the Cubs are at 6-8. And, and I don't know if their approach offensively uh, is something to brag about. It's certainly different, And you're, but you're right. You need to score runs if you're going to be a contact team. Be careful what you wish for indeed. The Cubs have... Two extra base hits in the last three games total. <laughs> They're doubles. Bad. One by Schwindel on the 20th, one by Hermosilla yesterday that scored their two runs. Um, again, you know, you go back to the philosophy, and the philosophy is we're not necessarily moving away from home runs and extra base hits, but we're moving toward more contact. Okay, the problem is, is that it's soft contact, okay, and um, and and too many balls hit into. They they lead all baseball in double play grounders. They they've grounded into 16 double plays. Um, you know that that comes comes with more people uh, making contact, but more ground balls. You know, the 53% of their uh, hits or 53% of their contact, David, is on the ground. Okay, so um, you are looking at a change from a team that was slug and home run and uh, launch angle oriented to a team right now that's uh, contact based and looking for a way to score runs that way. And there's some uh, there's some murkiness in between all that. Yeah, it doesn't work with uh, if you're not producing runs and manufacturing them, and and that is something that maybe uh, Cub fans are, are are concerned about. There's enough to 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 go around in terms of concerns, Bruce. I, I and you know, pick your poison. What about your favorite baseball team makes you want to scream the loudest? Chicago baseball fans, three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I'd like to go back to the Sox for a second, Bruce, because I want your opinion and your insight here. Tim Anderson has had. A difficult week. Tim Anderson has, I think, made six errors. And you watch him last night. And the Sox lose 2-1 to one against the Twins. He goes into, makes a nice play on the ball, and he throws it away. And then Jose Abreu throws it away. And a 1-0 lead becomes a 2-1 deficit, and they can't overcome it. Tim Anderson is somebody that I think the expectations are high. He is a leader. 
He is one of the more charismatic players in baseball. He is worth marketing. He's off to a tough start defensively. Is this aberration? Is this something that you, is headed in the wrong direction? What's your level of concern about Tim Anderson, the defensive shortstop, Bruce? And, and what should we, how should we interpret the last week of misplays? Yeah, I'm glad you focused on that. Um, he leads the league in two areas, uh, errors and uh, suspensions. So um, it, it has been a tough start for, uh, for Tim Anderson because uh, now he's facing a, a third game of suspension after starting the season with the, the suspension that was uh, delved out to him. He had to miss the first two games because of his involvement with the uh, fight with Detroit uh, at the end of 2021. So now he's, uh, you know, for giving the one finger salute, he's looking to a fan. He's looking at another suspended day. Um, I don't worry about Tim Anderson very much because of the fact that there is a lot of guts, a lot of fortitude, and a lot of not concentrating on what happened yesterday in Tim Anderson's game. It's been wonky at best right now, but I really believe and a lot of people did, did you know, I, while I picked uh, at the beginning of the year, I picked uh, Luis Robert to be the MVP. A lot of people picking Tim Anderson to be not only the MVP of the, the White Sox, but the MVP of the league. So yeah. from the improvements he made last year defensively to the fact that we know he can just flat out hit, um, that's those are things you think about. But just knowing the confidence of, uh, of um, Anderson and not not getting caught up in what happened yesterday into what the, his game is going to be today. I, I, have, I have confidence that he's going to come out of this. I, I appreciate that. And I think that's probably the smartest answer. But I also think that when you make six errors in a week and you are spending time pregame working on your mechanics and, and you're a veteran shortstop to the as accomplished as Tim Anderson is and we you know, the athletic in uh, a good story wrote about what he was working on pregame and, you know, adjusting his mechanics. I find it interesting, and maybe the studying never stops, Bruce, but somebody as accomplished as Tim Anderson, as confident as you describe, that sounds like somebody who's still searching for answers defensively to kind of tighten things up. And he only had 10 errors last year, and I think he showed some real right. good improvement at the position. I just wonder where this is headed. There has always been this sort of thing – where in the back of your mind you wonder, remember when the conversation was that they got a, one of the big-name shortstops, would Tim Anderson move to second base? Or who would play second base? Would he stay at shortstop because he's a good enough shortstop? I just hope this is a, a blip. I hope it isn't something that develops into a thing because there are a lot of things to complain about with the White Sox and concern. You mentioned the offense. You mentioned the pitching and the injuries. We'll get to all that. How about the lineups with Tony LaRusso? My goodness sakes. But – I don't want to pick on Tim Anderson, but I think when you have an expectation level where he is MVP caliber Tim Anderson and he makes six errors in a week, he's got to get better. Well, you can't blame that on uh, Tony LaRusso, but some people might want to, right, David? Yes, they might. And that brings us to the score listener line. That's powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL. Dot com, and that is where we find Michael on the south side. Good morning, Michael. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Yeah, I have a couple of things I'd like to say uh, about LaRusse. I know Anderson, those uh, errors he have made recently are atrocious, and he's he hurting the team real bad. But 
the thing about that, I like to know about that second game that doubleheader against Cleveland and yesterday, where he refused to, all these all their horses on the bench at the, uh, in the ninth inning, and he refused to pinch hit for any one of those guys. I mean, literally. And, and then and then yesterday, you got Reese. I mean, he's a good defensive catcher. Don't get me wrong, but Armani Grandal. I mean. Why not him? That guy got how many got three sacrifice flies? I'm not mistaken. And, he, and uh, uh, Reese McGuire was like overmatched against that pitcher. Really was. He wasn't like he making any kind of contact. And mm-hmm. then Berger, no way. Grandal, he's not taking that pitch right down the middle. I mean, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna let that umpire make the game decide decide the game. He's gonna he, he's just gonna either swing or he's gonna know that's a ball. Michael, yeah. great phone call, Bruce. I have to ask you this. Grandal, why wasn't he used as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning? Larry Garcia, what's he doing batting second or third? I don't understand either of those moves. It was a bad week for Tony Larusa too. Yeah, well, it's always a bad week when your team doesn't hit. You know, the Chicago White Sox, you know, their on-base percentage is the second worst in baseball, okay? 264 on-base percentage. David, uh, it's one thing to be aggressive. It's another thing to be second to the last in walks in baseball with 28. This is a, a team that's a little bit over-aggressive right now. I don't disagree about pitch hitting in those situations. I, I think that uh, Tony needs to talk about that and, and why he didn't feel uh, he needed to use a pinch hitter in, in those situations. But it's a collective collapse at this particular point when the White Sox in, in, in all of baseball, this includes National League teams, although all are equal now because of the DH offensively. Yeah. Uh, there, there are 608 OPS right now in, in baseball, okay? So that, that, that's, you know, right down there at the bottom. Again, it's a sample size. It's 13 games. It's not close to the ledge time yet, <laughs> but it, it's, cer- it's certainly indicative of the fact that um, if, if it's LaRusse's fault, it's a collective collapse of the offense. It's not just one or two guys. Quickly before we break, Bruce, though, what was Lurie Garcia, who had the lowest OPS, the lowest hit batting average, why is he batting third and then a day later batting second? What is behind that decision? That makes no sense at all. That, to me, was the most egregious miscalculation yeah, Tony made to, all week. Well, you know, without Robert in there now, too, uh, you know, you, you don't have hardly any speed up top. And uh, the fact that Harrison's been hurt the last two games also, more obvious guys further up. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of choices to get people on base, to get uh, people driven in at this particular point in time. So um, I understand what he's doing. Nothing seems to be working offensively for the White Sox right now. And uh, as LaRusso said, he'll take the blame, especially for that doubleheader loss, because, and that was ridiculous for him to take the blame, but okay. He said he just didn't have his guys ready. You know, that's that's your classic Hall of Famer saying, you know what, I'll carry I'll carry these games on the back of my shoulders because, um, you know, again, we had three days in a row where we weren't able to do anything except uh, come in and play a doubleheader. He's Bruce Levine. I'm David Hall. We are here until 11 o'clock talking baseball, Cubs and Sox. We have got a big show ahead. Jeremy Haber, the White Sox assistant general manager, joins us at 10 o'clock when we come back. The Cubs' third baseman and converted center fielder on occasion, Patrick Wisdom. We hope to connect with Patrick Wisdom next here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. As Wisdom drives one in the air to deep left field, going back is Arosa Reina. It's got a chance! 
that's gone. Long gone, a booming home run by Patrick Wisdom to left, and the Cubs lead two to nothing. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. That was Pat Hughes here on The Score calling a home run from our next guest. And he joins us on the Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find the Cubs versatile third baseman, Patrick Wisdom. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. Soaking up the sunshine, the nice weather, uh, ready to get a W today. Let's start there. Wow, what a great day ahead. And I think that when the weather warms, there's an expectation that the bats will heat up too. You're hot enough. I mean, you're hitting 474 in your last seven games. You seem to have turned the corner here. What changed for you after a slow start, Patrick? And it seemed as if that, that trip to Colorado served you well. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think it was just kind of a reset of the mind and the, the mental approach and um, you know, just understanding that, you know, it was only 20 at bats and just a couple games and got a lot of games left, but it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. So, um, you know, just that ability and those thoughts, uh, allowed me to relax and, um, you know, just go out there, see the ball and hit the ball. You know, Patrick, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. And, uh, when I was talking to you in the clubhouse the other day, we talked about, uh, how David Ross helped impact you i mean you had to do it you had to go out there and do it but not starting you in that game and then bringing you in the middle of the game and then uh popping out of your uh out of your slump where you were one for 23 it, it was uh something that uh you know might have had something to do maybe with the fact that you weren't thinking about that game that day you weren't in it and then when he said go you just went out there and, and did what you've always done be a baseball player yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say, yeah, that definitely helped. Um, you know, just kind of like we talked about Lucy Goosey, you're not, you're just having fun in the dugout, cheering on your teammates and then, you know, your name's called and you just kind of carry that momentum into the box and into the game. Patrick, I think that when you came into spring training and we talked to, to Ron Coomer, the analyst who does every game and and watches your every at bat. And he talked about how in spring training, there was a point of emphasis of you trying maybe to go the other way and maybe focusing on that as much as anything and, and trying to take that into the season. Can you talk about what about your swing were you trying to uh, refine during spring training and, and how successful have you been in, in that regard in terms of you know, cutting down on the strikeouts and, and making more contact? Yeah, so you know the point of emphasis this, uh, this offseason uh, was just to be more direct to the, to the ball um, not allow the barrel to fall behind me or to, you know, drop and get loopy um, because then, I, you know, I start missing underneath. And we saw that last year. It's just I felt like I was on pitches, but, you know, fouling them back, fouling them off, swinging through them. Um, and so just addressing that, that loop, um, that drop in the barrel, uh, just allows me to be more direct to the ball. Now, you know, it's not going to say I'm going to hit every single pitch that's thrown on me because I still got to have a good approach and still good intent on everything. Um, but... You know, I think that allow more room for air. And um, now if I could just swing at strikes and swing at pitches in the zone, it'll uh, it'll be beneficial. And so just being more direct with uh, my bat and uh, the swing plane. Patrick Wisdom joining us and inside the clubhouse for just a few more minutes. We're with you 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball on the score every Saturday. And uh, Patrick, 
when you look at baseball and you look, look at playing in the weather that you guys have played in, uh, is there any way to indicate whether or not the ball is uh, is flying as much as it was in previous couple of years uh, for you yet? Or is it too, too soon to tell from uh, the fact that you've only played 14 games and a lot of it has been in inclement weather? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say it's still a little early to tell just because, you know, my first April here in Chicago. Um, but, you know, just we always look up at the flag, see which way they're going. That'll kind of give us an indication of how the ball is going to fly. Um, but, you know, the scoreboards play in effect too. So, um, you know, BP is a good a – good, um, mm-hmm you know, practice round to see kind of how the balls are going to fly, how the wind's swirling. Um, so that way we, we know when we go into the game, we can adjust. And but, I mean, it's the friendly confines here at Wrigley, so, you know, anything can happen. And um, it's just it's just an awesome place to play, so I love it. So, Patrick, the other night you're sitting in the dugout. It's the fourth inning, and you're called on to pinch hit. Apparently you weren't caught off guard because you stepped to the plate and you hit a home run. <laughs> you stay in the game, and I think this is what surprised me and maybe other people, maybe it shouldn't have, you spend the rest of the game in center field. Who knew that you were somebody that was a center field option? Last night you play left. Is this something that is you know you you embrace? Is this something that you have discussed with David Ross? What, how do uh, how difficult is it to you know transition and play the outfield? Uh, and and I, I would imagine it's something you would welcome because it means more opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the biggest things is uh, the ball you know, coming in the air, not on the ground. Uh, so I got adjusted to that. Um, but, you know, yeah, they, they said, hey, you feel comfortable in center? I said, yeah, absolutely. You know, I take reps out there, BP, um, you know, just kind of get a feel for everything. And, I, I mean, I like the shag out there. So um, it's not like I was it was foreign territory. Um, you know, game settings obviously a little different, but I felt comfortable with, uh, with myself out there, and they trusted me out there. And so um, I loved it. It was fun. You know, everybody's talking about the Suzuki factor, and he's been uh, a joy to watch for everybody from uh, spring training on. You and I talked a little bit about him uh, communicating and having fun. But I, I like the, uh, the Schwindel factor, too. There, there seems to be this little boy joy uh, with, with uh, Frank the Tank uh, when, when he does something or when somebody does something well, and it, it kind of manifests itself by just that big smile and the, the way he embraces it. How much, how much, how far does that go with you and your teammates when you see him do something good or something that the team does well and, and the joy that he's able to express in his own way? Yeah. I mean, it goes a long ways. Um, it's just a reminder that this is a game, you know, where you got to have fun with it. Um, and um, just just enjoy where we're at. I mean, we get to play in Wrigley Field, an iconic stadium with a ton of history, and uh, we get to play a game. So um, it's a good reminder just to have fun, keep it light, um, and, you know, it's definitely contagious. That smile is contagious. Patrick, a year ago at this time, you weren't, you know, contributing to the Cubs, and you came up late, and you certainly – uh, we're here to stay in 106 games. You hit 28 home runs and, and arrived on the scene with a bang. Just wondered as you enter the season, your, your mindset, your mentality, how do you strike a balance between showing the confidence that you belong without getting complacent with what you accomplished? Um, I think it's just kind of in my nature to strive for more, um, to, um, 
you know, just to better myself, to, to fix the things that I felt like were some of my weaker points, uh, to address those and to uh, help the team win. I mean, honestly, that's why I, I want to win. I want to win so bad. Um, and, you know, any way I can do that, any way I can help the team do that, um, I'm willing to do. And um, we have such a good clubhouse in there, such good guys. Um, so it makes the coming to the ballpark a joy each day. Because you want to, you know, you want to battle alongside your friends and your teammates and your brothers. Um, so, uh, like I said, just playing the game so much fun because we're all pulling for each other, and um, you know that's something special. The David Ross factor, you know, you and I talked about that the other day as well. Uh, the idea that um, when uh, the media and, uh, and I were standing around talking to Ross, I think one day around I don't know March 20th or so, and uh, we, we informed him that we had talked to you and you said you're not taking it for granted that you're the everyday player, everyday third baseman. And uh, then Ross went to talk to you right afterwards. What what impact did that have? I, I know you and I talked about it. I'd like our listeners to hear. Yeah. Um, so I've never been in that position. Uh, you know, it's been training. Um in terms of like, you know, being, Hey, like they have me right there in third base, you know, on their, on their notes and uh, the depth chart and all that jazz. Um, I never been in that position. So I came to spring training, like I always do ready to fight for a spot, ready to show them what I got, um, continue to work hard, um, showing that I can be an asset to the team. And so I didn't really have that thought like, Oh, well, you know, I can cruise through this. I'm on the team. Like there's no worries. Um, you know, I took every day as serious as I could and, did the best I could. And then so when Rossi, you know, just casually was like, Hey, yeah, you're like, you're on the team, dude, just relax. Like, you know, I want you to know that. And I was like, Oh, what? Like, wait, what? And it was like during BP and I got a little emotional cause you know, I never heard that before. I'd never been in that spot. So it's so new to me and something I'd always strive for. And so when he did that, you know, it was kind of cool. He put, put his arm around me and um, yeah, it was, it was a cool moment. I freaking enjoyed it. Um, so I was able to relax and, um, kind of alleviate that unnecessary pressure um to like really force things so it was uh it was a pretty cool moment and i'm super grateful for it patrick before we let you go i think people can hear the enthusiasm in your voice and as they watch you you play with that that your that joy that you you appreciate where you are just wondered you know when you take a step back and you look at what's ahead this season and when you look back at what you experienced last year what's the best part about being a big leaguer in the city of Chicago playing at Wrigley Field? I mean, I think it's got to be playing. I'd say that's twofold. The fans make it extremely fun and enjoyable. And, I mean, coming out onto the field in Wrigley, like, you still, I still get goosebumps every, for every game because you walk up these stairs from the dugout and you just see, like, you could just feel the history. You can feel the sense of faith, the belief from the fans. Um, it's kind of like a perfect storm when you come in here and you play in here. Um, the fans are always supporting you, uh, whether you have a bad game, a good game, you know, you're around town, they see you, they say hi. Um, it's just a, a good community of baseball fans, baseball support and, uh, all around baseball. So I'm truly honored to put on these, this cubby uniform and I look forward to, um, you know, like I said earlier, many more W's and some great times. Well, whether you're playing left field, center field, third base, or DH, or wherever, we wish you <laughs> luck in the rest of the way. Hey, versatility is a weapon. You got to use it, and and I think that uh, you're showing uh, you're showing why it, it's uh, it's so valuable. So thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. Good luck this this uh, this season. 
Thank you so much, guys. I, I appreciate I appreciate it. Take care. Patrick Wisdom, third baseman for the Chicago Cubs, Bruce. You can hear it. You're around there. You see it. I mean, this guy plays with the energy level, with the enthusiasm he brings every day. He's grateful for where he is, but he's earned it. And after toiling in the minors, he took advantage of the opportunity and seized it last year. It's really interesting, uh, you know, when you you set up some of these interviews with people, uh, you know, and I've been doing this for 40 years for myself and my teammates, you know, at the different radio stations I've worked at, um, how um, open these guys are that spent like 10 years in the minor leagues like him and like Schwindel. And they kind of say like, oh, wow, you want to talk to me? Uh, <laughs> sure. Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it at 9:20 on Saturday morning when I talk to him Wednesday at at uh, three in the afternoon. I mean, it and uh, you know the media relations department with the Cubs are terrific, as so are the Sox, following up and helping us get these guests. But there's you know with superstars that you have for a long time, it's like oh gee, do I have to do a, another interview on the radio or do I have to you know it, it was it's so refreshing to see. How, uh, how much they're embracing being Cubs and White Sox for the first time right now. Yeah, one man's chore is another man's delight. And I think that when you hear Patrick Wisdom, he, he definitely enjoys being a Chicago Cub and, and doesn't take for granted any game, any at-bat. And he started slow, and maybe he was pressing a little bit, but he went out to Colorado, Bruce, and he is on fire. His last seven games, he's 9 for 19 with two home runs. And you wonder if he did, as he indicated, just sort of exhaled. And maybe he reminded himself that he needs to do the things he did last year to prove or just he belongs. So take the pressure off, start swinging normally again. And the results so far have been more encouraging and positive. Let me ask you this, though. How shocked were you to see him uncork that throw from center field? If that throw was online the other night when he was in center field, that I, I forget who was running, but they were tagging up, and he, he would have been out. It was a dart, but it was just a little bit off course. Well, it shows you the, the preparation that the Cubs uh, uh, have. Uh, it's not like Ross asked the guy to go play center field for the first time, and he's not prepared. That That's the difference in, in Major League Baseball and this, this team is that when Ross puts someone out there, he's not uh, hoping they perform. He's expecting them to perform hmm. at the right level. So it's not like Little League where you put uh, Charlie out in right field in the fifth inning because everybody has to play. Uh, he expects these guys to be able to play the position before he puts them in there. And, and that's, uh, I mean, they're not, they're not going to be great at every position they play, but they have to be at least adequate and be able to make the moves before he, he's going to do that. And uh, again, some of this is, you know, it's not extended spring training, David, but it is you know, eye-opening for everybody to see uh, multi-positions that guys play and what Ross expects from his team. With Clint Frazier out with an appendicitis for 10 days at least, Bruce, do you think that would open the door for Patrick Wisdom, who played in left field last night, to see some more time in the outfield? Depends on the, yeah, depends, depends on the ballpark. I think you can cheat in center field a little bit in Wrigley Field uh, because the uh, the gaps aren't all that big. You know, there there's less room to cover. You go to some of the bigger ballparks, I don't think you're going to see uh, Patrick Wisdom except in a real pinch for uh, Ross playing center field because, uh, you know, the the defense and the, the gaps are bigger and, uh, you know, you, you just can't allow those extra, those those balls to fall in that should be caught in the gaps.
We are going to switch gears and talk about the White Sox pitching rotation. Lucas Giolito goes tomorrow. Vince Velasquez goes today. What in the world was Dallas Keuchel doing the other day? Why is he still in the rotation? What do you have reason to expect from him moving forward? We will address all of that next inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670. And what we have to see from Dallas is the ability to get people out with less than overwhelming stuff. You know, a couple of years ago, he was exceptional. The ERA was below two. Last year was a very disappointing year for him. And and this year, I thought he threw the ball well the first time out and very poorly the second time out. Let's give him a couple more starts and see what happens. But realistically, until the walking wounded get back, I mean, that's, that's your starter. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. David Hall, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock. That was Steve Stone on with us on the Mullen and Haw Show on Friday talking about Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel allowed 10 runs, 8 earned on 10 hits and 1 walk, did not strike out a batter, lasted all of one inning, Bruce. That was the second time in his last eight starts dating back to last August 27th when he had a one-inning outing. And it just makes you wonder, made me wonder, is he done? What do you do now? Or is this an aberration, which I think would be a lucky break for the Sox, but I fear that it isn't, Bruce, and I wonder where they go from here. Well, I think Steve uh, Stone uh, wrapped it up pretty well, and, and that is you got a veteran guy who's been through the wars before. He had some uh, really up and downs uh, last year. Had a couple of good uh, outings, uh, you know, the beginning of the year here, but um, realistically, if you think he's done, um, what are your options right now? Okay, what do you have in your system? Uh, are, are you sitting there uh, contemplating a trade for another starting pitcher uh, at this point where, you know, we've been hearing rumors uh, all year and, you know, I've, I've certainly contributed to it. Uh, Frankie Montas, as we started talking about Montas and Manaya as early as uh, uh, late December on this show, uh, coming being traded for sure and hopefully White Sox being involved. But, you know, right now it's a matter of uh, legitimate choices that the Chicago White Sox have to run out there for your starting job. So 14 games into the season, do you quit on your veteran pitcher uh, when you know that um, you're still probably another month away at least from getting Lance Lynn back and Giolito's first coming back Sunday off of the I.L. from that strain of his rib cage? Uh it's a it's diminishing numbers for Tony Larusa to pick from, and I just think that even if uh, you know the um, the look at him right now tells you that he doesn't have much left, uh, he's he's got to go out there and still pitch some innings for the White Sox. Uh, it can't be ten runs, but you're going to have to hope that uh, the defense is a little bit more supportive of some of these pitchers as the White Sox return to the field again today. Perhaps. I, I just wonder, okay, let's, let's, he's got to be more competitive at, at the very least, at the very minimum, because let's look at this. Okay, Dylan Cease is going to be a guy who didn't – he was okay the other night. He's got to be better and more consistent, certainly. Michael Kopech has been lights out as a starter. Last night, five innings again without giving up a run. His ERA is microscopic in, in his three starts. And then it gets tricky. Tomorrow, Lucas Giolito comes back. What's realistic to expect him in returning from an injury? The oblique, you just don't know how much you can count on him. Vince Velasquez, who goes today, you're not going to make a living 
with a good living with him in your rotation. And then Keiko, when is Johnny Cueto going to be ready, Bruce? What about were you surprised Jimmy Lambert was sent down uh, to get more innings at Charlotte? And all this is kind of with the context of waiting for Lance Lynn. I wonder, what do you think in terms of Cueto versus Keiko if you're debating either or, and is that a smart conversation to have? Well, I'll, ask, I'll answer your question with another question, which is what we do in this tricky business of ours and saying, look, uh, Keiko is not a long reliever. He's never been a relief pitcher. Uh, two weeks into the season, what do you do with him, okay? Uh, is it, your, uh, is it your, your duty as the manager and the pitching coach to continue to build him up and give him five more starts before you start – uh, predicting that this is the end of the guy's career and he can't help you. Now, if he goes out there and after two or three innings, he's given up five or six runs, you know, you might not be left with many choices after another four or five. But, uh, you know, knowing that we're two weeks into the season right now, uh, he Dallas Keuchel has got to go out there and pitch. And, and, and as you said, he's got to pitch better. But, again, uh, He's not the, the only one out there that has to pitch better. They have to get some more extended innings out of all their guys. And, you know, hopefully with uh, Giolito coming back tomorrow, that's a big boost for the White Sox. 312-644-6767. Where is your faith in this White Sox rotation? Let's go to the score listener line. Powered by BetQL, that's where we find Mike and Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas, and thanks so very much for taking the call. Bruce, uh, I guess I'm the uh, skunk of the picnic here, but I think this all goes back to very poor off-season planning by the front office. You know, mm-hmm. Steve Stone pointed out right after the series playoff series was over that we needed to improve in two areas. One, uh, defense, and two, uh, starting pitching depth. We didn't do either. Uh, I don't know where the problem was, but I don't buy the injuries as an excuse. We knew last fall that we had nobody in the minor league system. Jimmy Lambert's just a guy. Nobody in the minor league system that could come up when we would need a fifth starter. You knew that Keiko had back problems and couldn't be counted on this. And as a Sox season ticket holder, I kind of feel ripped off. I, I, I see a Vince Velasquez who has no business, no business starting, uh, he, maybe in left field, but not as a pitcher. And then Keiko, uh, well, if you saw those videos, you know what I mean. I, yeah, and yeah. I'm not kidding about that. Uh, better him than uh, Lloyd. You know, we will be forfeiting two, if not three sets of back-to-back-to-back games because these guys uh, are pitching. And in my mind, there's only, you know, there's, there's only the front office to blame unless they were restricted by Mr. Reinsdorf. Uh, you know, it's a complaint that you heard all winter long on this program from Sox fans that the Sox pulled up short and they didn't address their problems. And we're looking at lost April and lost May because of it. I'd like your Mike, uh, I'm going to interrupt Thanks, you, ask you a question before you hang up, okay? And that is, yeah. do you feel any better that the White Sox finished second uh, in the trade for Manaya? Does that give you any faith in the front office that even though they didn't have the matchup to get Manaya from Oakland, that they were fighting to try to get him as a part of the team? 
Uh, Bruce, not at all. I think it's a great question. I think if you look at their efforts to get Manaya, and I, I'm grateful they didn't give up Vaughn because I think Vaughn is going to be the premier player on the team more than Roberts and more than Eloy. Uh, I am deeply troubled by the fact that they couldn't get Manaya given what I saw other t- the other team get for him, and then we didn't get Paddock. Um, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. no, I, I'm not mollified at all. Uh, finishing second when we're going in a championship season, that's no, don't buy it at all. I don't know why we didn't get him given what uh, San Diego eventually traded for him. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. Bruce, you know the starting pitching has not been what it needs to be, and we can pick on Dallas Keuchel, we can isolate on Vince Velasquez, and we can talk about the injuries. You know, the bullpen has been pretty good. I I guess if you're looking for a bright spot um, amid the dismal week that was, the the bullpen has been pretty good. Tanner Banks has been a revelation. There have been other guys like Graveman have been, you know, as advertised – I just think it's difficult to get past this this reality. We can talk about the offense and we can dwell on the defense. Starting pitching remains an issue. And as Mike pointed out, it's not as if this is a surprise. I'm surprised they're not hitting. I'm surprised they can't catch the ball and throw it better than they have been. I'm not surprised the bullpen is good. The biggest surprise might be, you know, the – or, or maybe we shouldn't be surprised that the starting pitching isn't enough because it wasn't enough last year either. I, I just I think that now you're you're 13 games into the season and it it just you, you're injured and you're inconsistent and I just don't know how it gets better unless you just kind of have to wait it out and that doesn't sound like a very smart solution. Yeah. Look, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm always impressed by the callers to this show and our listeners on the text line because. Uh, they uh, add an awful lot, like Mike did uh, in this last uh, conversation we have to our show. And we have to watch out for our own jobs, too, with guys like Mike out there, uh, David. But in, in reality, um, they didn't replace Carlos Rodon. Their thinking was, we'll get one more pitcher, we think we can, and then Kopech is going to step up and be the starting pitcher that we thought he was going to be this year because we'll be able to expand out his innings. That's good thinking, and so far, so good when it comes to Kopech. I don't know how you prepare rotations for, for losing, uh, you know, when you when you lose Lynn for two months. I don't know how you, you prepare for that, and then you lose uh, you, you lose your, your other uh, ace pitcher for, for two starts. You, it's going to get a little messy for you to start the season when in the, into the first two weeks you've already lost uh, two of your top pitchers. So uh, I, I'm willing to give this thing a little bit more time. Uh, again, is Lopez going to have to get stretched out to be a starting pitcher again? Will they be able to make a trade? Montas is still out there. Are, you're not going to give up a Vaughn for a Montas, but what is the other team going to want out of your organization? These are things that we'll be watching and talk about uh, with our next guest, who's going to be the assistant general manager of the Chicago White Sox, uh, Jeremy Haber, to join us as well. And we can ask Jeremy about the starting rotation just before we break, Bruce. A very interesting little nugget from Stathead that says, you know, there are two pitchers right now with three starts of one earned run or fewer and three hits or less, Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech. How about that? Two guys one replacing the other in the White Sox rotation, and Kopech has been outstanding, just as uh, 
So many people said that he would be. Let's hope that continues. Let's hope he stays healthy. And we will continue with the White Sox conversation with our next guest, Jeremy Haber, the assistant general manager of the Chicago White Sox, right here when we return. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 